Episode 227 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. I'm managing editor Kirk Simonoff sitting in for Bill this week. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. The most interesting area banking story over the past decade has been the growth of Equity Bank. Chairman and CEO Brad Elliott has led the bank through significant growth, mainly from acquisitions. That now gives equity a presence in Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. They've grown assets to nearly $5 billion. And it's just one of a few Wichita-based public companies. Brad joins me to talk about the economy, the banking climate, and some news about the growth of his bank. But first, let me tell you about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. There's a lot of debate about mandatory vaccine policies, and there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding President Biden's mandate. We should get some new guidance in the next few weeks, but Wichita's large companies can start preparing now. That story begins on page 14. Also this week, check out our list of the executives of the year for 2021. That's on page three. Our special report this week on family business. Those family-owned businesses are finding out they are not immune from hiring challenges faced by other businesses these days. That's page 16. This week's list, the Wichita area's largest home builders, page eight. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 18. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Brad Elliott is chairman and CEO of Equity Bank Shares, and he's led Equity Bank through big growth over the last decade. It's also one of the few Wichita-based public companies. And they signed on as founding sponsor of this podcast, which we appreciate greatly. Brad, welcome. Thanks, Kirk. You have some big news happening today. Why don't you share that with us? Yeah, we uh, entered into an agreement uh, to merge with uh, American State Bank and Trust based out of Wichita and Great Bend. And uh, so we're merging those 17 locations in uh, today and uh, adding those to our family, which will put us at about 70 locations and $5 billion in assets uh, at close of business today. What made American State a- attractive to you and how does this help your company strategically? Yeah, it's a great question. I actually talked to them first time in 2004 about uh, partnering with us. We had some like shareholders and um, it's taken that long uh, to get the deal to come together, but we've always had a great overlap in locations. Um, and then shareholder base, they have a really strong shareholder base uh, that uh, we always thought would fit well with Equity Bank um, and they would we would fit well with them. And so it's been something that we've been working on for a long time. We've got locations here in Wichita, uh, Great Bend, Salina, uh, Garden City, and then uh, Maxville and St. John. And so I really just think the fit of that whole footprint together with what we currently have is going to be good for their customers and our customers. 
help help the lay people here and like myself when you say you're closing on a transaction what exactly does that mean does that mean signing all the final papers and making sure all the elements of the agreement have been fulfilled sure it actually it, it legally means that as well it means actually their shareholders are going to become equity bank shareholders um, and so uh, they will actually end up uh, with equity bank stock uh, which will give them the ability to um, trade that stock uh, freely um, after they turn in their certificate and get that exchange done. Uh, that's the legal or technical part of it. Um, but the other part of it is, is we actually do a conversion uh, tonight. We bring all of their customers over onto our core system. Uh, and then we are able to operate as one operating unit. So if somebody from one of our customers wants to make a deposit in Great Bend, they can do that. If they want to make a, a deposit in Augusta. Uh, they can do that. If their customers want to make a deposit at one of our locations, they can do that. So it, we, we come together and, and actually it's lots and lots of hours and work uh, this weekend. Uh, but then on Monday morning, we open up uh, everybody together on one core system. Let's let's turn to commercial real estate just for a second. You know, American uh, was ex excited to move into the, the building at Douglas and Emporia, the new IMA building, I guess is what we're calling it, the 430 development. Uh, what do you have planned for that building and any changes there? Yeah, uh, we we do have some changes there. Since we already have a large presence in Wichita, um, uh, we're releasing that space into something else. Um, uh, Long-term, we're not gonna have our location down there. We think it's important to have all of our uh, commercial lenders all together in one place like they did. They had them spread out prior to coming together down there. So we're going to have them all together here uh, at the Rock and Kellogg facility. So we are repurposing that uh, the, that location um, in the future. Okay. In, in May, you announced acquiring three branches of Security Bank in Kansas City. Then in July, there was the announcement of the acquisition of American State. Uh, your strategy for years has been growth through acquisition, and, and clearly it's paid off. But can you talk about that strategy? Sure. So we've actually done uh, multiple things, Kirk. What we've done is we've done uh, acquisitions give us a lot of core deposits, um, and they give us uh, commercial loan customers. But then from that, we need to build that out. And so we actually have used those as kind of a footprint to grow those locations. So as we looked at every location that we currently have today, we've grown that uh, location. We bought uh, Hillcrest Bank was the first acquisition after buying National Bank of Andover. Those locations were about $30 million in deposits a piece. Today, they're in the 150 to $200 million range. Uh, and so we've grown those locations after acquisition. And so we'll do the same thing with the American State Bank locations. So once we get those footprints in there, it's how do we bring more customers into that traffic uh, and how do we expand on those relationships that we acquired uh, from, the, from the start? What I find is that it's much easier to grow something that's already there than starting by planting a tree and a seed and hoping it comes out of the ground. So we look at an acquisition as a tree that's already growing, and we have to make sure we get it fertilizer and water uh, and take care of it, and it will continue to grow and bear fruit. And so that's, that's how we look at acquisitions. This is kind of turning into a gardening show, but let me ask, the, when you have that tree that's that's growing, are there specific things you're looking for when, you, when you're considering an acquisition? Sure. We want to be in communities that we think, uh, you know, are, can, are expanding and viable and, and will be around 
a long time and uh, will have economic growth within them. We also want to make sure that they have employees that culturally fit. One of the things that attracted us to American State Bank is we think their employees, they have a really good employee staff, um, uh, strong commercial focus. And so we think that uh, base fits well with us uh, and we'll be able to integrate their culture into our culture uh, and make it better together. Uh, so, you know, it's culture first and location. Um, and then can we come together on economics? As we seem to be emerging from the, from the pandemic, are, are acquisitions different or do you envision them becoming different? It's uh, a great question. They are different uh, from the standpoint of people are looking at, can we generate you know, more assets out of those uh, locations, not just putting on what they currently have, but will they bring growth to you? Um, and then also, you know, are the locations something they're going to be needed long-term? So I think there is a shift in, you know, how much uh, real estate you actually need to operate and can that expand digitally? And so I think there is a look uh, on a more macro level of, you know, what a, what a mergers look like and, you know, what's, what's actually needed and what's actually going to be uh, sought after. You know, M&A is, is something that's been very strong for Equity Bank, but how has the pandemic changed equity in any way? Other than, you know, you're still gone with the acquisitions, but has anything else changed equity? Sure. We, we invested heavily in digital about three years ago. Our timing was really good. Uh, we upgraded our app. We upgraded uh, our digital platform. Uh, our delivery system, uh, and really went on a what we consider the industry leader uh, product. Uh, and so those things have actually uh, helped us during the pandemic expand our customer uh, touch. We actually have uh, launched some digital uh, op uh, options uh, for equity so we can continually grow. We're looking at can we offer some brands that are digital uh, and go into some niches that are completely uh, digitally focused um, and might not be labeled equity bank. And so we're looking at some of those different avenues of how do we expand our footprint uh, with the core uh, competency, competencies that we already have. And, you know, how do we grow the company uh, through those avenues without having to invest a lot more in bricks and mortar? doesn't mean we're not interested in mergers and acquisitions. It just means we have a two-pronged approach that we think we'll be able to expand the footprint uh, greater than what it is today. Early on during the pandemic, you know, the federal government started the payroll protection program and that enabled banks to really get involved with it. And I know equity, equity was, was a major player in it. Did it, did it pay off for equity? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, we, we were very aggressive uh, because we thought our customers really needed that program. We, we went after that uh, relationship. Um, with our customer base. And then we also expanded it to non-customers. Uh, it really did pay off for equity in that we were able to touch a lot of people that we have never uh, banked before in our past. And so we were able to go after those relationships uh, purely because we were trying to serve them. Uh, and it's turned into a complete relationship for us. So we've expanded our footprint uh, through that offering. Uh, the first time around, we did about $450 million in loans. I think the second time around, we did about 300 some million in loans. Uh, but uh, the second time around, we actually had a lot more touches than we did the first time. We had some bigger relationships in the first go around than we did the second go around. And so 
that granularity of taking care of those customers or potential customers uh, has really paid off in the growth of Equity Bank and the number of relationships we have today. You were on the podcast last December with Bill, and you, you talked about how uncertain market conditions were back then. Uh, how do you feel now about the local and national economies? I feel better about the local and national economies uh, in that, you know, aircraft still drives a lot of Wichita. Um, and so I feel better about the Boeing uh, spirit uh, situation than what, we, what we've had in the past uh, with the 737 being down. Uh, not into production uh, the last time we talked. So I feel much better about that. Small aircraft uh, is obviously, uh, you know, it's red hot right now. You can't get a, a light jet right now uh, if you want one. And so that business is doing well. Uh, and then there's other aspects of our economy that are doing well. Agriculture's uh, doing extremely well right now. Uh, and so the things that drive Wichita seem to be doing well. And so I feel good about that. From a micro standpoint, from a macroeconomic standpoint, um, you know, as long as uh, Washington doesn't mess things up uh, for the United States, we've got a lot of money in this economy. And I think we can have a very, very good run over the next couple of years, uh, as long as we don't have, you know, as long as they don't tax too much, change too many of the rules for businesses so that they don't know how to operate or don't want to operate any longer. As, as we enter the fourth quarter now, do you have any advice for leaders of, of small and medium-sized companies? Yeah, you know, one of the things I think people have to keep in mind is the supply chain is still completely messed up. So I think for small businesses, you have to take advantage of those opportunities, but don't overextend yourself. And so what do I mean by that? So if you're a manufacturing company and you go, you know, I've got backlog of 18 to 24 months. I need to build a new building or buy new equipment. I think you have to really digest, is that long-term demand or is that a temporary demand that might go away in 18 to 24 months? Because a building or buying new equipment is a lot of times a five-year or a 15-year investment. And so you don't want to get too far out in the spectrum of thinking this supply chain disruption, which may be creating all the revenue you've ever seen in your life, may, may, may still be there in 18 to 24 months. And I think that's a really difficult thing for small business owners to do uh, is not to be enthusiastic and excited about that. And then also some of them should be building buildings because they actually are, they do have a lot more demand and others shouldn't be. And so I think it's a, it's a fine line to walk for those customers. And so I just say, make sure you rely on your, the people you trust uh, make sure you do your research and make sure you know what you're getting yourself into from a long-term cash flow standpoint. That's good advice. Uh, Brad Elliott, Chairman and CEO of Equity Bank Shares. Congratulations on this latest acquisition and closing on it. We'll be looking for more. And, and thank you for continuing to support the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me today. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 227. Check out all our podcast episodes at our BizTalk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. BizTalk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. 
Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.